Hey, welcome to the Intentional Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Ange Barnard. And today I'm going to share with you some energy shifting strategies to use when you find yourself feeling overwhelmed, when you find yourself feeling like you're not doing enough, um, when you find yourself feeling that feeling of like rushing where you feel like, oh, I need to rush and get all these things done or else, or else there's going to be some negative consequence. Look, that feeling of rushing, I don't know, can you relate to this? Let me know. I do not like to feel like I am being rushed. It's one of the quickest ways to piss me off. My husband knows this. If, if he tries to rush me or anyone else is trying to rush me, like what I find I tend to do in response to that is I'll be like, well, then I don't need to go. Y'all can leave on your own. Bye. You know, like I tend to go to that lower state of avoidance. And I want to talk about that too. Because I was talking to one of my uh, one of my clients and we were talking about the changes that have happened in her life, you know, since she started coaching. And one of the things that she said was the most helpful to her, and I've heard this from so many people, is gaining awareness around the catabolic energies that show up for her and what triggers them, what triggers them for her. And one of the behaviors that she said she noticed about herself that she didn't really have this awareness around before was that she tended to avoid things that were uncomfortable. So if she had to have a difficult conversation with someone and she knew she had to to make a situation better, she would go to a state of avoidance. So what happens is that kind of situation would trigger catabolic energy in her, which would be a level one on the scale, and that would cause her to avoid the situation. And you know, things don't get better when you avoid the hard stuff. But think about it. In our lives, we do that all the time. Like, let's say we feel overwhelmed by a project, right? There's just so much to do with it. Do you ever find yourself just avoiding it altogether, like procrastinating galore? That is level one energy at its finest. And that's an energy that I often go to when stuff gets hard. And what happens, again, I avoid And then I don't make progress on the things that are important to me. So many of my clients will say when they started noticing they were doing that and they could call it out, shine a light on it, and they knew that it wasn't going to lead to being the person that they wanted to be, they were then able to shift it using some strategies that I'm going to talk about today on the show. And the reason why I want to talk with you about this level one energy and these feelings of overwhelm and that can cause procrastination and avoidance and just like all that stuff is because I've noticed that that energy has been showing up a lot for me lately. And I want to talk with you about why, because I feel like some of you listening can so relate to what I've been experiencing. And as I sit and reflect on it and I, I bring myself back to tools that are helpful to me, I feel like they can be helpful to you as well. If you're experiencing any of the stuff I just talked about, overwhelm, feeling anxious, like worried about the future, maybe things aren't turning out yet, keyword yet, the way that you want them to, you know, and it can trigger a lot of like feelings of worry, self-doubt, all that stuff, you know, and then you turn into this person that you don't want to be because you're like, you want to be the person that is faith-filled. You want to be the person that believes everything is happening for you right? You want to show up as the best version of yourself when stuff gets hard. You don't want to be the person that gives up when crap gets hard. Like that's not you. But sometimes 
this other energy shows up and we shift into those lower states. And that's why it's so helpful to have a coach or have someone that you're working with that can help shift you because it's not a problem. I always say this, not a problem that you go there. We all go there. Humans, right? The problem is, is when you stay there and you let that energy wreak havoc in your life. That's when it's a problem. Why? Because it's going to wreak havoc in every area of your life. It's going to affect your relationships. It's going to affect your health. It's going to affect your career. All the things are going to be affected by that kind of energy. So it doesn't matter where it's triggered in your life. Like, let me give you a quick example. Like, if you feel like your health isn't at the area that you want it to be, like, that's how I've been feeling lately. Like, I'm like, I really need to amp it up when it comes to my health. And then I start to get down on myself about that. And then that what that affects how I show up in my career, right? Because my energy is impacted, you know? Because I'm hating on myself in one area and then trying to make good progress in another area and doesn't help with my relationship, you know, either. Like, you get it, right? It's all connected. And the reason why I feel like I'm so different from a lot of other career coaches out there, and I consider myself a life and a career coach, is because I really consider the fact that our energy impacts every single area of our life, right? And it's not enough just to work on one area of your life. And I'm, I'm not saying that you need to fix and make everything better at the same time and stuff like that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you need to be mindful that every area of your life impacts every other area, right? Because sometimes I'll be working with a client and they may be struggling around like actually making progress on making that career switch that they want to make. And when we dive deeper into it, They'll, they'll keep focusing on like the career piece and like, okay, I just need to check this box, get this thing done, get this. And when we dive deeper and we're like, well, what's really going on here? Because it seems like your energy is impacted here. I get a vibe that you're feeling down about this whole process, but you're also feeling down about like something else, like what's going on. And when we dive deeper into it, oftentimes there's other stuff going on, like the relationship is suffering, you know, or their health is suffering. Well, do you think they can show up well through the career coaching process if all this other stuff is affecting their energy? No. That's why you want to have someone that's going to really consider your life as a whole and be like, okay, let's figure out that area of your life too. And that's why every single client I work with has a vision for their entire life and we consider it as a whole. And we consider when you make a career switch or you are fixing this area I don't even know if fixing is the right word, but you're improving this area of your career. How is that going to affect your relationships? How is it going to affect your health? And then vice versa, you know, like thinking of everything as a whole. So that's the perspective I take when I'm coaching people. And it's the same perspective I take when I'm coaching myself in my own life. Like it's like, okay, and you're not making progress in the way that you want when it comes to your own career. How's your health looking? How are you taking care of yourself? Do you have the energy to do so? Are you letting things go downhill there and then thinking that you're going to have the energy to show up and actually make progress on your career stuff? Like, that's that's crazy. You're not going to if you're not getting the health foundation down. And that is also why in our Commit to Your Vision program, why we spend so much time focusing on the basics of like your morning routine, the basics of you know, doing those self-care things that can get your energy higher. Because we know you're not going to make the kind of progress that you want if you don't have the foundation set around caring for your own self. And I'm going to be the first one to raise my hand right now and say, like, I haven't been doing a good job with that. 
I haven't. And I can see the difference. And this is why my lower level energies have been kicking in because I'm like, why have I been feeling this way? Why do I am I seeing so much of the one energy? And this is the thing. If you're like, what, what is Anne talking about when she's talking about this one energy and all that? If you listen to the show, you know, I've talked about the seven levels of energy. You can go back and check out um, earlier episodes. Um, there's I forget what episode numbers um, talk about this. You'll have to scroll and find them. Um, But I talk about these anabolic energies and the catabolic energies and all that stuff. And some people like to throw this out and be like, this is woo. Like, I'm not going to listen to this. But the reality is, one, that everything is made of energy, period. And you know what it's like to be at the down state of energy. You know what it's like to be around people that generate a lot of catabolic energy, which also can be thought of as negative energy in a sense. Like, you know what that's like. You know how that feels. You know how that impacts your life right? You know how it feels when you dip down into those lower levels? We get it. It's not some weird woo-woo stuff. I know sometimes people like to make things really weird, but this is just basics of life. Everything is made up of energy, period, right? We generate different kinds of energy. What kind of energy are you generating? Or what kind of energy is being generated by certain things that are that trigger you in your life, you know? So certain people that come around you might trigger the lower energies for you because there's a history with them or you've had a negative experience with them in the past and now when you're around them, triggers you into that lower state, right? So this is the work that I like to do with my clients where we notice where what causes catabolic energy for you and why? Why? Why do you think that way about it? You know, and when we start to know those reasons, we can spot it and it no longer takes control of our life. And then we can show up as the people we want to be in every situation. And when we know tools to shift our energy, that is everything. That is how you enjoy your life is by learning how to shift your energy. If you go to my website, intentionalmindpodcast.com, and you click on, I want to say it's coaching or somewhere on the site, you'll have to look around. And um, there's a section about the Energy Leadership Index Assessment. You can straight up just do the assessment and look at, get a report back about how energy shows up for you in your life and have a deep dive discussion with me about that. Like what is triggering the lowest energies for you? And the reason why you want to know this is because catabolic energy is so powerful. Just a little bit of it in your life can destroy all kinds of things. So if you can just shift yourself a bit to reduce that catabolic energy, I promise you, you're going to feel so much better about everything in your life. You will. And why are you doing everything you're doing anyways? You're doing it because you think it's going to cause you to feel a certain way because you want to feel more peace. You want to feel more joy, right? So the best way that you can do that is to clear out the things that are causing catabolic energy for you so you can rise. I like to think about it as there's a hot air balloon, and you have sandbags, right, that hold you back. Think of the sandbags as the catabolic energy. Just a little bit of them holds a big hot air balloon back from rising, right? So just removing those a little bit and like figuring out what causes that. And I'll tell you right now from coaching people, they're my clients especially because you, you tend to attract people that are very similar to you. So with that being said, is I have what's called a lot of level four energy. It's a very service-oriented kind of energy. And I'm often thinking a lot about other people, so much to the point that I 
will put myself on the back burner, right? I'll always think about how can I make it a better experience for them and then in the process maybe burn myself out, right? That's something I need to be mindful of. Well, I see that a lot in my clients too. So what happens is if there is a lot of that happening, you will often shift into a state of burnout, right? Because you can't maintain always giving for everybody else and not thinking about yourself. You'll go into burnout and sometimes I see resentment that happens there, so the catabolic energy shows up. And sometimes when I want to shift this in someone, I will simply ask them the question, what would it look like if you thought about you too in this situation? How can this honor you too? Okay, I have been seeing this show up for me so much with this whole Airbnb stuff that I've been doing. So since I've started Airbnb, and I'm a host now and all that that was on my vision board, right? I had the identity of wanting to be an Airbnb host. Cool, we're working on that. Things are happening. And boy, have I been learning so much about myself and the things that trigger me into the catabolic states where my level four energy takes over and it doesn't serve me. Like let's say um, one of my guests asked for all these things. And some people ask for all the things, all the things. And I will be trying to figure out ways where I can get them to check in earlier. And they'll be asking basically for a free day, pretty much. And I'll be like, okay, let me try to make this work. If I, and like, I'm just like bending over backwards, trying to figure out how to make this work for someone. Um, and it's like, and like, guys, long story short, I'm just make this really quick. <laughs> um, my husband kind of got out of me about some things because he was like, why are you giving discounts to people that don't even ask for discounts? Like you're just like giving them away. They already said they would book it. And then you're like, let me discount it for you. That is level four energy, okay? Because it's more about them and it's about pleasing and stuff like that. And sometimes we do this even with work stuff. Like we take on all these projects or we'll, we'll, we'll agree to have a meeting at times that is really inconvenient for us. Or maybe we have to move everything around so that we can make things work for someone else who wants to have a meeting. That's level four kicking in. So that's the kind of stuff that I see with a lot of my clients or they will stay in jobs that they do not like that like kill their soul because they're worried about what someone's going to think about them or they're trying to please a boss or whoever it is, right? That's the four energy and where it can be a little destructive at times because it's like you have a picture, right? Everybody else is in the picture, but you're not in it. So the simple question of asking like, what would it look like if this honored you too? And that changes everything for me. Even if I'm scheduling a session with someone, I'll be like, okay, how can I make this work for both of us? They gave me these times that they could be available. And it seems like, okay, I can make this work. And that honors both of us. Old me would have just been like, let me just try to figure out how it works perfectly for just them. And it doesn't serve you to always be like that. So just I am coaching myself often to do that. And I still have times where I'm like, oh, shoot, I did not think about me. And one of the best things that helps me is to like get in tune with my body and see how it feels inside. Like I I felt like the other day when someone was asking me for all these things when it came to the Airbnb, I I really didn't want to do all the things. Like someone wanted crazy late checkouts and there's always stuff like this. I'm talking like checking out eight hours later you know, stuff like that than they're supposed to. Because <laughs> obviously I'm, I'm pretty flexible with things, but I found myself being like, well, I mean, I guess I could wait around until I could get back in the house or have the cleaner, see if she can move her schedule around. And then and like going through all of that stuff. And it's like in my, in my gut, my gut was like, like feeling like, no, like this doesn't work well for you. 
And so often in my life, I have noticed where I've done that. Like I put my needs on the back burner and oh, like even with career, like this is why you always hear me talk about this on the show. Number one regret of the dying is what? You should be able to recite it by now if you've been listening to the show. I wish I would have had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Well, it takes a lot of courage to say no, right? To, to not do something that someone else wants you to do. Um, to be true to yourself. Like sometimes this is like, even a friend can ask you to go somewhere and like, let's just say you're you're just freaking tired and you don't really want to go to X thing, right? And sometimes we like force ourselves to do something because we don't want to seem flaky. That's a story that I run all the time. It's like, I don't want to be the flaky person. But then I'm showing up in ways that don't make me proud when I do go there, right? That's because it's the people pleasing kicking in. It's me trying to do something that someone else wants me to do versus living a life that is true to me. And what kind of friend do you want? You want a friend that is true to themselves. I can tell you, I love when I have friends that are straight up. Like I'll be like, hey, you want to go do this? And they're like, no, I I feel tired. I don't want to. I'm like, I love you for being so honest about it versus like making up some lie or like trying to please me and not really wanting to do that. You know, so it's like being authentically true to yourself. That kind of energy is anabolic energy. It's living in alignment, right? With that higher source. It's like you're riding those waves. It feels good. What doesn't feel good is when you start to do things that are not in alignment with yourself. That You know, and like so many of us are doing that in our careers, in our, in our lives in general. And it's like it's causing more generation of catabolic energy. And that's causing destruction all around. That's making our health suffer, our relationships suffer, all the things. This is why shining a light on it is so helpful. This is, again, why every single client I work with also does an energy assessment. And you can do the assessment. Like I said, you can go to the site and figure it out. You can do the assessment, do the two coaching sessions that go along with it, and not even opt into a coaching package and just leave with that value of understanding that energy stuff. And I didn't know like how truly how valuable this was until I've been asking some of my clients recently, like what's been most helpful to you? And so many have been like, you know, just really seeing the how the catabolic energy shows up for me and being able to shift it. Game changer, game changer for me. And it's like that helps everything else become so much better, especially when it comes to some of my clients that are making, you know, starting new businesses or making massive career switches, who, man, does that catabolic energy kick in when you're, start, when you're wanting to do something new. And most people, if they don't have a coach or someone they're working with to help them work through that, they cave with it. Or if they don't have the awareness around it, they just like are how to shift it. They just let it, let it take over. They just start avoiding. They start procrastinating. They start isolating. They let the anxiety get to them and they never move forward. And that's not the kind of life that you want. You don't want to be the person on your deathbed wishing you would have lived a different kind of life because you let that all that catabolic energy generate and you just let it consume your life. You let the sandbags keep you down from rising, bringing that air air balloon up, you know, right? Because you didn't you didn't adjust those those sandbags. You didn't cut them. You didn't release them. Right. You just let them take over. And I just see so many people doing that. And I just don't want that to be me in my life. So that's that. Whoa. And that was a long rant because I didn't even get to all my content yet. So I'm just going to trust that this conversation has served you. And I'm about to tell you a story here. 
Um, but first off, before I tell you a story, I do want to give a shout out to my peeps that have been leaving podcast reviews. Um, if you've been going on Spotify and you've been clicking five star, love you. If you have been going on Apple Podcasts and you have to actually write a a review, you actually hit the stars and then you write a review below. You got, it's kind of sneaky. You got to find it. But some of you guys have been doing that. I'm telling you, it helps us so much. I just want to give a shout out to Cleaning Claire. She has been talking about how this show has helped her become a better person. And there's always things that are extremely doable for her. I'm just summarizing her comment that I love so much that truly blessed me. Thank you, Claire. Shout out to you. Lauren, you left a review. That meant the world to me too. You said you've been listening to it for a while. Um, it's helped you go through a lot of changes. Um, you do, you're do you doing your best not to leave God out of anything that you do or pursue. Oh, my heart. So happy. I got the chills hearing that. Um, gosh, like I'm just going to uh, we'll talk about that later because I feel like that could be a whole other episode. Just thinking about in my life how I really want to make sure that God is part of everything that I do. And like when I feel anxious at all, like, you know, when I'm worrying about the future or whatever it is, it's like just sitting back and being like, okay, God, like having that conversation with God, like I know that you, your plans are for me are good. Like I can trust you. And the more that you lean into just knowing God, I was reading a devotional this morning and it was talking about like dwelling in the Lord, you know, like, and what's the difference between dwelling and being a visitor? Like uh, when you dwell in a place, it means like you feel like, like you live there in a sense, like you, like you could come in, do whatever you want there. You know how good it feels like to have a house, you know, that you can just come in, get your sweatpants on, chill in it, be whoever you want to be. Right. And then a visitor feels, it doesn't feel as comfortable. You know, you don't know as you don't know what to expect as much. Let's say if you're visiting a place, right? You don't feel yeah, as comfortable. And also when you think about it, it's like it's about knowing someone. So if you think about like knowing God and like dwelling in the place with him, it's like you can predict behavior of someone you you dwell with. If you think about your person that you live with, right? You know, they're like, I can predict my husband's behavior about anything. Like if someone says something, I can know exactly what he's thinking, you know, in response to that person. Cause I've dwelled with him. I've lived with him. I know him so well. And when you know God like that, you don't even worry as much about things because you're like, I know how you do. I know how you do, Will. This is side talk. <laughs> because I'll tell you, okay, this is going to get into the story. Thanks, Lauren. Cause we're starting off a whole nother rant because of your um, review. And if anyone else wants to leave a review, please do so. If you, let, Let's go on rants about your reviews. That would mean so much. Um, okay. So my whole point was, what was I going to say? Okay. So y'all know I've been, so I have this Airbnb now, like my house that we've been Airbnb when we're gone. And then I've been looking at getting another one. I've made, we've made so many offers on different properties. Some, keeping it real, we've lowballed galore, right? We know that. I mean, it's an investment property. We were lowballing for sure. But there's some that I have given full price offers on. Like there was one recently, I did all the research on it, gave a full price offer, actually was willing to go above it, even stated that and had all that stuff written up, how much above I would go over it. Well, I didn't win the property. Someone else blew me out of the water with their offer. And I was really bummed because I spent like the whole day doing all this research, filling out the paperwork, probably multiple days. And then I had to go see it and it's a ways away and you know, all the things. And you know how you can get so frustrated when you've worked so hard on something and it like doesn't lead to anything. Clients, 
Shout out to my career coaching clients who this has happened to many times where you're trying to find a new opportunity or whatever it is. And it you do all this work and it doesn't lead to anything, right? You don't get the job or whatever it is. And it can feel so frustrating. And these are the moments where you trust, you trust. And if you dwell, like if you think about God and you dwell with like in the place of with God, um, you live with him, you know him so well, right? You know how he does. That means that something better is coming along. That means that nothing is wasted. Your time is not wasted. And whatever you did, even if your mind likes to make up a story or Satan or whatever the heck, makes up this story that like, oh, what a waste of time. You did all this paperwork. You did all this applying. You did all the whatever, whatever it is you did in the situation that applies to you, Right. And you can run with that story. But this is the thing. God uses everything, everything for your good. So it's not wasted. So I had to remind myself of that when this happened again, another rejection. And there's been so many rejections. And it was like I was brushing my teeth last night and I was just like so frustrated by all of it. And my husband comes up behind me and he hugs me. And you know how like you're looking in the mirror, you see yourself like brushing your teeth, whatever. And you're like, my husband came up, hugged me and I could see him in the mirror too. And I had like this like sad frown face on. (laughs) He was like, it's okay, honey. He's like, I know you've tried so hard and like making this work and it's like, it's all good. Like, you know, just comforting me. It's like, like you say, it's happening for you. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's like, (laughs) it's hard (laughs) for when someone says that to you when you're in the moment, even though deep down, you know, you know how God does. And I know, like, that's the thing is like, I know God. I have seen you. And if you listen to the show, you know stories that I've told where it's like, I didn't see a way. I didn't know how it could be better. But he did. And it opened up doors. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, for not letting me accept that crap that was less than, you know, like you think about that, even in relationships. I'm like, thank you, God, that you had a better plan than I did, you know, because I thought that that was the thing. or I thought that job was the thing or the whatever it is. And then something better comes along. This is the part that's hardest for us is to trust. And I think going back to catabolic energy, when the overwhelm kicks in, when the self-doubt kicks in, right, what do you do? Do you trust? Do you trust? Or do you avoid? Do you give up? Do you run and hide? Because that's what you would do if you didn't know God, right? If you don't have that strong relationship and you're like, no, I know this is for like this. All things are happening for me because God is for me. All can be used for good. I trust that things are being worked out now. You know, it's like, do you lean into that or do you withdraw, disengage, avoid, right? I think, you know, as I've been a coach for, oh my gosh, over 10 years now or something like that. Um, I've seen that that's the hardest thing for people and is to trust when you don't see the things working out. Like you don't see evidence of it yet. Keyword yet. But it's just like a farmer. You know, you plant the seed and you trust like you might not see nothing growing yet, but you trust that you've been doing all the things that's asked of you as a farmer. Right. And you you got to trust that the other stuff is going to happen, right? That that plant is going to come out. It's going to bear fruit or whatever, you know? It's like that part is hard. And there's so many things that are that are that aren't up to us. Like the weather is not up to us. All the other things that are happening. And that's the thing is like nothing is guaranteed in life, but you can trust it that things are working out for you. 
and things are going to work out good. Because if you look at your past, I mean, at least this is true for me. This is this is how I know God, because I'm like, I've seen you move so many times. I can't doubt now, even though like, you know, I feel like the enemy would love to be like, yes, you can. This is the time he's not going to do anything. You know, I was going to put some swear words in there, but I'm not going to. <laughs> um, anyways, like, right, because it's like that you want that. Rem- it's like the, he wants to remind you of that. That BS. It's like not, it's not going to happen with this situation. Right. You're not loved in this situation. And I just want to remind you, like, that's not true. And the thing is, is like. Man, doesn't it make for a good, a good story when you can, when, when you have that story of like where like, yeah, no one saw anything coming and then bam, it's like such a good story. Those are my favorite stories to tell. I've had many clients over the years that have those stories. Um, And it just reminds me of like what we're called to be. And like, I really feel like we're called to be an example of what's possible when you believe for more, when you believe for more, when you trust when things get hard, when you show up as your best self. You know, in those moments where it's hard to show up and like sometimes your best self isn't always like that those days where you're like you did all your morning routine and you're feeling so confident and fit and you got all the stuff done and you're just like you got lipstick on, you know, and you just feel cute that day. You know, it's not always like like that. Your best self can be like I did five minutes of a workout. I was scrubby as F all day. But like, hey, that was the best self for me like that day. That's what I had. That's like, you know, it's like what's that changes. I feel like that's kind of a rant, but I want to talk with you. Oh, this reminds me. OK, we're going to shift a little bit. Um, Another thing that, that encouraged this episode was so this morning, one, I forgot that I had pickleball on the, cal- the calendar to go play and uh, I was like doing a workout and then I was like, oh, crap, like we're supposed to play pickleball in like 15 minutes. And I was the one who reminded everybody the day before. So I found myself one, the rushing feeling kicked in. And I almost was like, maybe I should just back off because I really didn't get everything done that I wanted to this morning. And just, I started doing that. It's like, I almost felt guilty that I was going to take time away to go play, you know? And I started running that narrative and it was like, oh, do you really deserve to go out there and play right now? Because you really didn't do anything all day. Like that that's garbage. My trash was showing up. And I, and I reminded myself, it's like, okay, Ange, why are you doing everything you're doing is to enjoy your life, right? And you're blessed right now to be like, you could actually take this time and everything will work itself out. Like I had to coach myself through it because I shifted to a one and I saw that energy, all that resistance, all the guilt, all the crap showing up. And then I was like, okay, I was like, what's going to make you proud? I asked myself that question. So this is a strategy for you. We're getting into strategies now. And that is my favorite question. You know it. What will make you proud of how you showed up? How how you showed up? Yes. That's the question. And I asked myself that question. I was like, it would make me proud if I did just go because I said I was going to go and I just allowed myself to have fun. You know, and I'll I'll do half the time that I normally would and I'll come back and I'll feel so much better. And I did. The other reason I want to share this question again with you, I just got to remind you of it. I've had so many clients over the years and listeners of the podcast message me and say, Ange, this question has changed so many things for me. Like when I want to, when I want to avoid when I want to, when I have so much self-doubt that I can do something, when all that catabolic energy is showing up, I ask myself, what would make you proud of how you showed up? And it shifted it for me. And so I just want to remind you of that question. So I was doing RAGBRAI. If y'all um, have been listening to the show, I'm sure I've talked about it, how I've been training for the bike ride across Iowa. Some of y'all are familiar. If you are, message me, let me know. Um, so RAGBRAI is, or maybe you know someone who's done it. It's a bike ride that happens every year. It's the longest bike ride. Um, 
I know at least in the U.S. consecutively um, and across the area of Iowa because you're going throughout the entire state of Iowa and the route changes each year. So this year it was 500 miles long. Um, Iowa is extremely hilly. Don't let people fool you. Don't let them fool you. I don't know if anyone is here from Iowa, but man, there's a lot of rolling hills and then around those cornfields. And um, so I've been training for this ride. Training, I say in quotation marks. I really didn't follow the best of training plans, but y- y'all know I survived. I'm here. I'm talking into the mic. And um, so this this really scared. Like, first of all, I don't consider myself an avid cyclist. I still don't. It hasn't been programmed despite all the miles that I've done. I, I mean, I identify hardcore as like an avid hiker, all that, like runner. I got all those identities. But the cyclist one is just for some reason it's not wanting to program. But anyways, this scared me to do this ride because I didn't, you know, it was uncomfortable for me. And there's thousands of people tire to tire, you know, and you're going down hills fast. One of the other guys that was in my group said he clocked himself going 43 miles per hour down a hill. And that's scary when you have a bunch of people around you and you have, you know, like grooves in the road or people changing lanes and people coming down at faster speeds than other people and all the things. I've seen some really bad accidents. Um, I've seen one that I wish I could just get out of my head. Um, It was a situation where basically the person was unconscious and there was blood flowing out of her helmet all around the ground. And I was like, oh, like it just really shook me up. Um, there was days, y'all, where it was hot as like as hot, like 111 degrees, like Fahrenheit heat index, hot, right? And you're biking like 90 mile a day, you know, uphills, all the things. There was times I wanted to quit, hands down. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> um, anyways, I survived. I'm here. Overall, it was a great experience. I saw people um, just so loving and kind. There's this whole thing that people say that people from Iowa are Iowa nice. And I was like, yeah, these people were so nice. There was some very generous farmers that opened up their homes for people that were riding through and gave them free beer free food. I'm talking thousands of people. Live music. This was posted like privately by like a farmer. I saw the farmer driving around. He was like an older dude, probably in his 80s or something, smoking a cigar, driving a golf cart around as everybody was like thousands of bikers were like in his on his property, sitting on hay bales. People were singing and it was like he funded it. Thousands of dollars. I was like, Hey, if anyone wants a free wedding, this is a great time to have one because you got live music, got free alcohol, free food. Everyone's having a great time. Some people got married. There was a couple that got married on the ride, like at one of the beer tents because there's beer tents throughout and there's like food throughout like as you ride into the next town. We had families that hosted us that were so generous. Like, oh my goodness. One guy, he gave us honey from his farm. Um, He was a swine vet and Anyways, he had a farm somewhere else and he had his own honey and he gifted us. I was so happy with that. He was so kind. There was another guy that was like in his 80s and he was so youthful. He was a retired um, foot doctor and he was so fun to chat with. We were nerding out about like the mind and all the things. And they were just so kind. They didn't know us. We were complete strangers. and They let us sleep on in their house, you know gave us towels, a shower, all the things. And I just love that generous spirit. So I keep getting my mind to like focus on all of those good things. Well, anyways, um, one of the days like when I wanted to quit because I had the option, like I could have gone to the midway town and someone else would pick me up and I could be done and my husband would be riding on his own. And um, 
that day I was like, what would make you proud of how you showed up? And I was like, it wouldn't make me proud to just go back and sit in the van, but it would make me proud if I just did this thing. And I did it. And other days, though, I want to be real with you. Other days, though, what would have made me the most proud is to set it out. Like that would make me proud that I actually honored that, you know, how I was feeling and stuff. So you got to check in with yourself. Like actually what would make you proud? But it did that shift for me. Another thing I learned when I was doing RAGBRAI is another one of our team members, um, we call them team members. These are people that were signed up in a group together. And we were riding, like we would stay with each other at night and stuff. And I didn't know them. They were strangers to me. I only knew one of the guys when I went in with this group. But this other guy, um, he said that afterwards, he like everyone sits around and they share their happy and the crappy of the day. Like what was something crappy that happened and what was something that they're happy about that happened. And he said that he learned this because him and his family used to do it when they were young, when he was a kid. And I was like, what a cool practice. To like be so take this, do this with your family. How cool. It's like, what's a crappy for today and what's a happy for today? And you share it. And the reason why I love this is because me, Mrs. Positive, you know, like I always want to shift myself to a positive state. I don't always like to talk about the crappy stuff. And the more that I've been learning about anxiety and like those kinds of catabolic energies, is that you need to feel them, right? You need to feel them, and that's the best way to work through them not avoid them. Avoidance is still a generation of catabolic energy. So I feel like when you say this is a crappy thing, I'm going to acknowledge it. This sucked. And this is a happy thing. And I like to do the crappy before the, ha- before the happy because then it kind of offers that shift. But you're still acknowledging. You're shining a light on the thing instead of avoiding it that sucked. So I just love this practice. So we were doing that every night. And I've been journaling in this way, like this is a crappy and then this is a happy. And I find myself doing the instant shift. Like when it came to me not getting that house that I wanted, it was like, well, that sucks. Like that's crappy. That feels crappy to me. But a happy is my mother-in-law came and she brought over the pontoon boat so my family can use it this weekend. That's coming over and all hanging out. Like all my nieces and nephews are going to have so much fun on the lake. My mother-in-law came for that. We got ice cream and we just had fun and we just chilled. And I was like, that's a happy and I'm grateful for that. So it, it like it did a little shift for me by doing the crappy and then the happy. And I thought it would be really cool to do that with my husband, you know, on a regular basis so we can acknowledge the crap versus letting the crap just build up. And then we can say, oh, and this is what we're grateful for too. And this is a happy thing that happened. So I wanted to share that practice with you. So I thought that might be helpful in shifting the energy. Um, the other thing is this whole concept of your best self. Like, what would your best self do? And I think about moments, even with my business and stuff, where I want to just quit. Like, <laughs> just keeping it real. Like, days where I'm just like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing and, you know, all that. And um, I say, what would my best self do? Like, the best version of myself, what would she do? Right? She wouldn't quit. She would keep do- doing the thing, keep going after it, sharing her heart, being vulnerable, you know? putting ourselves in situations that are scary. That's what my best self would do. And it's like when I think about her and how she would show up, I even think about it when someone's like acting a fool and you just like are so annoyed with them. And there's like a hood version of myself that comes out. Like my husband will be like, shh, shh. He always says that like to quiet me because I'll be like, what? Like, you know, when I get like loud, you know, and like a little feisty about it. And um, he's always, yeah, he's like, shh, shh, shh. And I'm like, no one can hear me because I don't know why I just get like excessive. And I'm a talk, I'm a loud talker too. You know how some people are like just really loud? My whole family is that way. I don't know if it's like the Asian side of us that just like yells like loudly when we're talking. I don't know. Anyways, it's there though. 
So what was my whole point of that? I think I lost my my rant with it. Yep, I did. It's gone. Maybe it'll come back. Um. Oh, the best self mentality. So like, what would she do? And I think about showing up with kindness and grace. Like that's how my best self would show up. Like even when people ask me this Airbnb thing, like so many weird questions and things or like someone does something in the house and you're just like, what the heck? Like who does that? Right. I like I'm like, what would my best self do? How would she handle this? She would show up from a place of kindness and grace, you know, and I'm just learning so much through this whole process. Um, I feel like there was another story I really wanted to tell you guys. Let me look at my notes. I knew there was something. Oh, another thing I want to talk about on the podcast and I want you to be thinking about is like doing things that scare you because man, does that make you proud? So the other day, I, I recently joined Toastmasters. It's like an hour drive from where I'm at because I live in a rural community. So I had to drive pretty far out to go to it. And I finally made it to my first meeting. And um, there's a point in Toastmasters where it's the same agenda each time. But there's a part where we do um, – hold on, my computer. Okay. Like my computer was about to shut off. So it's, it's warning me. We're, we're hitting our time. Okay. So there's a part where you do – like two minutes where someone picks a topic and you have one to two minutes to talk about that topic. It can be anything that they pick. So this person said, how would you convince someone that you were from the future? That's what she picked as a topic. So multiple people would share, you know, what they thought about in one to two minutes, just random things related to that topic. And they were talking about like, I would predict certain things and like that are coming up and they would be like, whoa, you must be from the future because you know this thing happening, right? And my heart, y'all, was beating so fast. Like, I was just like, uh, should I talk? It's like my first time. <laughs> and this one lady was like, why are you even here? Like, don't you actually, you speak for your work and you teach communication stuff? Like, why are you at Toastmasters? I'm like, because I'm scared too. Like, don't mean I'm not scared of stuff all the time speaking, right? So anyways, I found myself like my heart was pounding and I could feel it. And I was like, oh, there it is. There's that catabolic energy. There's that anxiety. And then I was like, what would make you proud, Ange? What would your best self do right now? Because the person was like, does anyone else want to share? Give it a shot. And I was like, mm, you know, I'm like gripping the seat. You know, I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. It was like my first time coming. And I was like, your best self would, would talk right now. So <laughs> I was like, I was like, I do. Right. So I got up and I stood, stood up. And I talked about how I would convince people is that I would hypnotize them. <laughs> so I took this whole other path. And I was talking about how like cult leaders that have convinced people to do some really bad stuff have actually used this technique where they get them in that sleepy, drowsy state and they like program their mind. And I've also heard that Hitler did stuff like this too. I don't know if that's true, but it makes sense. Like it's the way that you train someone's mind is you get them into the super sleepy, deprived state and it then gets into the subconscious. So I was like, that's what I would do. I would be like, I am from the future, you know, and get them to believe it. It's like, I'm like, do these people think I'm nuts? Like, I promise I'm not like weird. Um, maybe I am weird, but not like trying to like program everybody's mind and, you know, witchy stuff. I don't know. I don't know what these people are thinking, but that's what came out. So I said it. And then I sat down, like, obviously no one, no one said anything in response to this, but I sat down and I was like, I'm proud of you that you felt that fear 
and you showed up anyways. And I just want to, I just think that if we made this a habit, like every week we did something that scared us. Cause I was, I went to go play, you know, pickleball this morning. I was so grateful that I had this fun group of ladies to play with. It was so scary for me the first day that I went to pickleball. I didn't know anybody in town. I was like standing around with my pickleball. I didn't even know how to hold the pickleball pa- like paddle. I didn't even know what the heck I was doing. And I remember feeling that fear of like, I don't know anyone. I'm like the first kid at school. Like, you know, that feeling like the, or the new kid at school and you're trying to find a place to sit at lunch. Like that feeling was there, but it's like, now I'm so proud. I'm like, I'm so glad I have this community and that's because I showed up and I will always, I'm the one that will go to things alone, you know? And it's like, it makes myself proud that I did that, that I stepped out, you know? And I just wonder for you, what can you be doing that will make yourself proud? And you know, what makes you proud is when you do the thing that's scary that's hard. Afterwards, you're like, so proud of you. When you do that workout that you didn't want to do and you're like, proud of you. I'm so glad you did that. When you had that conversation that you didn't want to have and it's like, it's done. You feel that relief that you're proud of yourself. So before my computer dies, we need to recap what we just talked about around shifting that catabolic energy of overwhelm when you find yourself avoiding, self-doubt, all the stuff that is relative to that. So question you ask yourself is what would make you proud of how you showed up and then doing that thing. Um, The other question is, what would your best self do? What would she do in this situation? How would she handle it? And then um, also making note of what the crappies are, the daily crappies and the daily happies. Shining a light on the crappies too versus avoiding them like many of us do. Like how can we see them, feel them more? I was listening to a doctor talk about this. He was a neuroscientist and he was talking about how like that is the key to moving past it is to feel it and notice where it's happening in your body. Like when my heart was beating so fast, that Toastmasters thing, I was like, oh, I feel it. I feel it in my throat. I feel it, you know, in my chest. And I was just like noticing it and something happened. It shifted. It was gone. Like it just went away. So I think that is the key. All right. I love you so much. I'm so grateful that you're here. Please leave a review if you haven't done so. I hope you have the best day. The next podcast episode that's coming up, by the way, is going to be about ADD. So if you have an ADHD monkey mind, get ready for it because we're talking about it. All right. Have the best day. Bye.